Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Going on from whiskey mm. to tequila, it's National Margarita Day. So Is it? Well, wow. I mean, I think it would be rude not to have uh, a margarita today. Yeah, good excuse. Would you put yourself forward for First Minister? And if so, what would you do? I'd vote for Andy Murray. I would. <laughs> oh, could you imagine him? Especially when he got angry. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Scram, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and on this episode we welcome a special guest, Sam Hewan, who joined me in Glasgow for a chat over lunch. Sam and I sat down for a bite to eat at the Wee Pub, part of Glasgow's ubiquitous chip, located in the West End. There, we were the first outside of the Sassanach Spirits team to try his new gin. Sam told me all about creating the gin, what botanicals have been used, and what has inspired it. He also chatted about his favourite Scottish restaurants, if his spirits range is set to grow, if they'll be available in bars and restaurants, and what life looks like after Outlander. I met the Ubiquitous Chip in the Wee Pub with very special guest, Sam Ewan. Hello there. Hello. Yeah, I'm so happy to be in the Wee Chip bars. It's actually my, I was just saying, one of my favourite bars in Glasgow. Um, I used to come here a lot with my friends and uh, we've almost got the best seat in the house. The best one is the one over there with a whiskey barrel. But um, I'm very happy to be here. Good to see you, finally in the flesh. Yeah, you too. Thanks for coming. So yeah, obviously, whiskey bar. Mm. Last time you were on Scran, we were talking about the Sassanac about to be launched in the UK. It's been a couple of years. How's it going? How is it going? It's going very well. Yeah, touch wood. Thankfully, everything here is made of wood. Um, yeah, no, it's going really well. You know, we spoke, I can't believe that's two years ago. Um, and for those people that don't know, the Sassanac um, was a, a passion project, I suppose. You know, I always have loved whiskey. Um, for me, I have kind of an emotional attachment to whiskey. Um, certainly, you know, traveling around the world, whenever I had a weed dram, a, a, a single malt from Scotland, you know, it would really take me back to Scotland. And I wanted to create something that was not only accessible, um, but really reflected, you know, some some of the great whiskey we have in Scotland. So we created a blended whiskey, um, a premium blended whiskey called the Sassanac Spirit of Home. It's a 19-year-old organic grain, which I love organic, uh, I love grain whiskies, um, and then two single malts, uh, a 12 and a nine-year-old in there. Um, and it's doing really well. We've just uh, signed a, a deal in the US with Southern Glaziers, um, one of the biggest distributors in the US. I think we're in about 44 states now, um, which has been amazing because we are self-financed. Um, you know, we designed it all ourselves, from the bottle to the logo, to obviously the whiskey. Uh, itself so um, yeah it's been uh, it's been a great journey but we're really happy good nice well going on from whiskey mm. to tequila it's national margarita day so is it well day. I mean I think it would be rude not to have uh, a margarita today yeah good excuse mm. yeah I mean I'm sure the bar made she'll be down here in a second <laughs> very good service in here I must add but um, yeah no I, I love tequila and actually uh, a small story about how ours came into to being uh, is that, oh, there she is now, just in time before I get started. 
Oh, wow. In fact, it's not tequila. It's not tequila. It's gin. Thank you very much. That it looks, looks beautiful. in that bottle, though. It, it does. And there's a story behind this. Thank you so much. Um, this is... We'll get into that later. Yeah. But this is a, a very special Sassanac gin that you're the first person to try outside of Arthur. But uh, I'll cheers to you. Cheers. And we'll, um, well, I'll tell you a bit more about tequila. Cheers. Slander. Very nice. Very I'm watching. Um, I'm watching you, bated breath. But we'll get into the gin in a second. The the story of the tequilas. We'll basically have some friends that we went out to Jalisco and we met a bunch of producers out there, went to a bunch of different um, distilleries and really got on very well with um, uh, Tony Sias, who's a third generation master distiller. And um, yeah, I mean, he loved our whiskey. We took our whiskey with us and we just got talking and we realized that, you know, we had a lot of the same passions. Um, a lot of the Mexican culture is quite similar to the storytelling in Scotland and um, their love for, for craft and, and for delicious spirits. So um, it just kind of came around organically and we thought, let's create uh, a tequila in collaboration with them that sort of reflects my love of whiskey as well. So it's a, a very unique um, bottling. It's uh, a double wood reposado. Uh, so it's been Asian American oak and then four months in French oak, which gives it this really kind of, kind of like like a champagne quality, like very elegant. Um, no additives, no, none of your glycerin or sweeteners or vanilla extract that a lot of these high-end you know, celebrity uh, tequilas put in. So I'm really proud of it. It's available here in, in a very small bottling in the UK and also in the US. And was the plan to always do that? Did you think, I'm going to start whiskey, go tequila? Or how, how do these, how does the thought process kind of come yeah, about? <laughs> a lot of thought goes into it. And honestly, you know, whiskey is my passion and I really love it. Um, and we've got great plans uh, ahead of us for other whiskies. But um, actually gin was, you know, was where we started and um, it's taken longer for us to get here. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about the gin. But the tequila, you know, it was just, it was COVID, just before COVID and we met Tony and we got on with them really well and we thought let's just let's just see what it's like um so it is a very delicious tequila though so the gin it's here mm. it's in front of us it's well in a, yeah it's yeah. in a not its bottle but it's still a lovely bottle <laughs> thank you yes yeah, so this is our dare i say something like our 12th batch i wanted to create a scottish gin something that represents where i'm from represents scotland the everything comes from scotland all the botanicals um and i wanted to create something that was from where I'm from, in, in, which is Dumfries and Galloway. So I looked at, we looked at all the botanicals you can get and we distilled each one individually to try, see what it was like, put our favorites together uh, and then have tried, you know, subsequent recipes. And this is where we're at now. We're almost ready to be released this summer. I'm really, really excited by this gin. It's very Moorish, um, very well balanced. It's not like a, a lot of other gins. We distill it with a sort of innovation style. So, so mostly, I, I've been trying to explain this to to, to my mum actually. And I'm like, this is how, this is how you make gin, and I don't even know the full process myself. But essentially, you put your botanicals, let's say, in a tea bag, uh, and you're putting the tea bag in the kettle, and you boil the kettle, and that's getting all the flavors, which then goes into the steam uh, and condenses. So, what we're doing instead of boiling our tea bag in the kettle, so to speak, so it becomes stewed, which I think a lot of gins do, we're steeping our tea bag in in the water or the kettle, so to speak taking that out and then distilling it. So our gin isn't as strong in a single flavor profile or it doesn't have that stewed effect, but it's, so it should be a lot more balanced. I would almost say, 
you know, it's kind of like a vodka in a way that it's just so balanced. I mean, we have eight different botanicals in there, but I'm obsessed with it. It's delicious. Yes, it so is. I'm gonna have to drink more. Yeah. And actually, I wanted to try it on its own. Okay. It's really clean, tastes really clean. And yeah. are you allowed to say what the botanicals are? Do you want to say what yes, they are? Yes, I'd love to. Pause for breath. Um, <laughs> pause for gin. Yeah, so pause for gin. <laughs> exactly, that should be a t-shirt, pause for gin. Yes, so Scotland. Well, uh, I mean, firstly, I guess, everything you see when you're walking through a glen or in, in southwest of Scotland. And for me, um, the main one in here is cr crab apple. Uh, Scotland obviously is very difficult to find citrus in Scotland. A lot of other gins use, you know, lemon, uh, mango, um, you know, orange. Um, but the only real citrus we could find that was strong enough was crab apple. And I just remember being a kid picking crab apples and they're so sour. You can't really eat them. Uh, I used to try, um, but they would give you sort of stomach ache. But they're they're so sour, but they're very abundant in Scotland. Uh, so we've gone with that in a very high concentration. So we've got a real sort of citrus zing. Then we've got heather, which is an amazing botanical. It's got this real herby flavor to it, but it's also kind of earthy as well. Um, and obviously heather's you know synonymous with Scotland. And then one of my favorites is we've got toasted oats. I'm a huge pottage fan, huge fan. And uh, I just love the, the sort of mouthfeel you get from them. You get a real creaminess. And then we've got uh, blackberry leaf, because actually the leaves of blackberries hold a lot of flavor. Um, blayberry, which is, if many people know, is like almost like a blueberry, like a wild blueberry uh, that would grow in Scotland. And what else? I think that's it. How many have I mentioned now? I said blayberry. Blayberry, oats. Oats. Crab apple. Crab apple. Blackberry leaf. Jeez, what else am I missing? Juniper. We have got juniper in there. And you know what's interesting? I don't really love juniper. Uh, a lot of gins can be quite juniper heavy. Um, however, I found when we took it out, I found that actually it lacked a bit of body. Um, so we do have juniper in there. And actually, especially as a gin and tonic, I think you need that juniper just to cut through a lot of tonics. Um, I mentioned that we've used a particular tonic for this one that's quite quite a neutral flavor profile so you don't it doesn't get overbeared by the tonic which a lot of tonics sometimes if you look at them they actually are quite strong in a flavor profile um so yeah uh juniper there's a small amount of juniper in there um what am i blanking on juniper crab apple black blackberry leaf blaberry toasted oats crab apple damn it will come to me i think that's it heather you said heather, heather seven there's one more eight. Oh. I've said juniper. I think so. I think that's it. Okay. There you go. I think I've had too much gin already. <laughs> and how would you see the perfect serve? Right. Well, uh, another part of the process was um, I'm a huge cocktail fan. Um, and what I found at, you know, say 40% is that gin is so drinkable, very balanced, very smooth. But um, it doesn't really stand up in a cocktail. So, um, oh, here we go. Here's our starters. Oh, that looks amazing. This is your salmon. Thank you very much. Wow. And this is your haggis here. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Enjoy. Thank Thanks you. Very much. But yeah, no, talking about the, the perfect serve, I guess the strength of it, we were looking at 40% and it, it just doesn't stand up in cocktails. And I love a good cocktail. My favorite is probably, I mean, we'll love a Negroni, don't we? But yeah, so we, we raised the, um, the alcohol volume in there to 42%, which I think also is great. I love that mouthfeel of 
alcohol. It's the same with our whiskey, which is 46%. You do get a mouthfeel with it, like a heaviness on the tongue. And I think that was important. And uh, it comes through in a gin and tonic as well. Can you say who you've worked on it with? The distillery? Yeah. Or yeah. Um, well, I worked with a distiller, uh, Craig Rankin, who's also from Dumfries and Galloway. So we wanted someone who just understands, you know, where I'm from and uh, really wanted to capture, you know, an essence of southern scotland or scotland in a bottle uh, and he's been so diligent um we have we've drunk a lot of gin we've tried a lot of different variations and really you know pushed the envelope to, to how far we could put flavor into the gin and try different varietals so it's been it's been a real process but he's been fantastic to work with and um yeah i guess the proof is in in the taste yeah are we going to be able to see either your whiskey or your gin or your tequila or all three behind bars or is it just going to be for like home consumption yeah no um you can actually well in the us we're working on um bars and restaurants in the uk um we've got exclusive with Tom Kitchen uh, you know great sh- uh, Michelin star chef in Edinburgh uh, and we've got three of his restaurants we've got um, our whiskey at the moment uh, and obviously the gin we also want to get get out into the world as well so yeah I really want to have it in bars and restaurants we have some initial talks at the moment with some other bars and restaurants in the UK so um, you will see it behind the bar very soon good nice do you want to eat I don't want to go cold so just <laughs> for the, cold, those but... anyone that's listening I suppose um I got the haggis, venison haggis with turnip and potato puree, and you have cured salmon with comfy potatoes, mustard, and oyster velouté. Velouté. That's a great word in a Scottish accent. Okay, cheers or slander. I'm going to go in for the haggis here. This is venison haggis, which is um, a bit different. A bit different, very rich, I'm sure. Oh my god, that is delicious. Wow. Excuse us while we fill our boots, as they say. How was your salmon? Good, yeah, really nice. So, yes, so lots of gin talk, but no, we're really ha- happy about where it's at, and I don't think the recipe will change that much. Um, but it will be out this summer, so just in time for the for good weather. The good weather, yes. Hopefully. Yeah. And where do you know now where you're going to be able to buy it if you want to buy some? Or are you still kind of. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll be readily available. I think the the problem we had with the whiskey, or not a problem, I think a success, but it was a limited batch. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to get your hands on, you know, the ingredients, 19-year-old grain whiskey, a uh, particular one, because it's been aged in um, cherry cask, so, or Oloroso. So, um, yeah, um, the gym, we can obviously make a lot more of, and it's easier to, to get access to. So, yeah, it'll be, it will be in, hopefully, bars and restaurants and you're a local retailer. So does that mean eventually you're going to have to change the recipe of the Sassanac whiskey? No, no. no. We, we fortunately were in a place that will never change, um, but there is only a limited amount. And they are, our producers are already, you know, aging whiskey now for future. <laughs> um, but I think that's the thing, you know, people don't, sometimes don't think about that, you know, when you're drinking a 21 or a 19 year old whiskey, you know, you do, it has to be sitting aside and, it has to be aging for that long and there is a finite amount of it so i guess that's why whiskey is also cherished so much because it, it is limited but i think that was what's so great about our whiskey as well that it, it is a small batch and we do a small batch release every year so get your hands in it while you can so obviously the sassanac will be your favorite whiskey mm-hmm. but what else are you drinking heading into spring i have been drinking so much gin recently tasting should i say a lot of gin um but sticking with the whiskey 
I mean, I love the sort of Asian blended whiskies, and that's where our Sassanac whiskey came from. I was inspired by, you know, the Hibikis and the, even the Vietnamese, the Cavalan, which is fantastic. Um, and I realized we didn't really have a high-end premium Scottish blended whiskey that, that was full of character. I mean, you can look at the Johnny Walkers and, you know, it's fine and it's great, but not very, there's no malt in there. It doesn't, it's not a very malty uh, whiskey. So it doesn't, to me, really feel like a Scottish whiskey. Um, so yeah, that's why we created the Sassanac because I wanted to create high-end premium Scottish uh, whiskey. Uh, so what am I drinking? Yeah, lots of whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the Cavalan. Yeah, uh, Habiki. Uh, love, love all of those. Do you like, do you like Loch Lee? That's just one. So uh, I know John Campbell, who used to be at um, Lothroig, and he went over to to run Loch Lee. And I have tried. I think one of them. I think they've got three different expressions at the moment. But it's one behind the bar. Is there? I must try it actually. Um, but no, I really. Uh, John was great. We we um, I met him like a number of times. We were filming Men in Kilts, sort of travel TV show uh, on Isla, and we went to Lavroig and tasted some great whiskies. And he told us all, you know, taught us all about you know, whiskey production. Um, but I think they're doing great stuff. I like their bottle as well. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So good stuff going in there. And actually, if I'm honest, I love American whiskey. Not bourbon, I love rye. I'm really into rye. So every time I go to America, I always bring back a bottle with me that I can't get over here. Um, there's something about rye whiskey, it's probably because it's spicy and fruity. There's a lot of flavor in there. I find bourbon a little sweet for me, but uh, my go-to cocktail would probably be a rye, perfect rye Manhattan. That actually is a question for later on. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine, yeah, no, you're fine. Um, just carry on, I don't need you doing all the talking, so. When your lunch to go cold. Uh, I mean, it's not going to go cold. It's not going to be much left in a minute. Mmm. It was delicious, though. Spicy food and haggis can be kind of spicy, peppery. Yep. Goes really well with the gin. Yeah. I don't know why. Even a curry, and we're next door to some great curry shops. Curry and gin somehow works really well. So it brings out the, the botanicals. So you're probably going to get asked this a lot. <laughs> with Outlander coming to an end, uh-huh. what is next? Uh huh. Could we see a Scottish Sassanac distillery? Wow. Um, well, yes, Sassanac. Uh, Sassanac. Oh boy, gin strong. Um, Outlander is coming to an end, yeah. We announced um, the final season. We're, we're just about to finish season seven. We've been shooting for a year, um, which has been crazy. Uh, crazy year to shoot in, you know, sort of the end of COVID. And uh, it just feels like this time last year we, were, we started and it does feel like a, another season ago. But, um, we, we will be back for season eight, which is great to be able to finish the story. And we've been on this journey now for almost 10 years, so it feels right to finish it. But also I'm excited that we get the opportunity to, you know, to tell the story that we started off. And um, it, it's going to be a sad day when we get to it. But thankfully, we've still got a bit more time left. And afterwards, who knows? You know, we love the journey of the Sassanac uh, whiskey. I think the gin's going to do really well. I'm really happy with it. So who knows? Maybe it is still there in the future. Yeah, that'd be good. It would be. It would be a lot of work, I'm sure. But uh, no, I'm not against it. I'm open to to anything really. But in the future, also coming up, I do have a movie coming out this May. It's a rom com called Love Again, um, and I shot it during COVID. Uh, it's been a delayed quite a while because we still had some scenes to shoot with 
one of the main characters or main people which is Celine Dion who was that? it was amazing she's an incredible person and obviously she's um, she's had a lot of uh, health issues which has I think delayed her tour I think thankfully she's uh, definitely getting better but um, yeah it was an amazing experience so I'm excited for that to come out as well and shooting during Covid as well that must have been weird yeah it was tough actually um, very lucky that we could still work but um, you know we were in London and uh, it was in sort of lockdown and then coming out of lockdown but it was just very strange especially on set you know we weren't allowed to be more than 45 minutes in the same room as the director you had to wear a mask and the windows had to be open and of course keeping everyone safe which is great but very difficult to create you know a chemistry or a bond with someone um but we had a great time myself and priyanka we we drank a fair amount of, of tequila and whiskey as well and we got to hang out you know out, out with the shootings and she's a fantastic person so um we had some great dinner at hers as well which was amazing she's, she's got her own restaurant in new york called sona which is modern indian and I've been there a couple of times. It's oh, so good. Nice. Yeah. And they do a great margarita. It's good to know because I'm going to New York in sure. March. Go to Sona. It's very, very good. Um, have They have a spicy margarita. It's very good. But also you must go to my friend's restaurant called Chinese Tuxedo. Uh, Paul Donnelly is a Scottish chef, um, but it's modern Chinese. It's in this amazing old Chinese ballroom. Um, the, oh no sorry opera, opera room or ballroom I can't remember but um, it's in Chinatown and it goes dated back to the 1920s and they have this secret bar downstairs and there's the old tunnels that the Chinese mafia used to use to go between different locations and there's even bullet holes above them where they would sort of shoot each other these two different warring uh, gangs um, but he's doing great stuff there and actually they are serving the Sassanac whiskey in a great cocktail called uh, Breakfast Scotch and it's delicious. It's with walnut, uh, walnut oil. It's delicious. Nice. Mm. That sounds good. Mm. Okay, I'm okay, definitely. Oh, it's a great city. <laughs> I love New York. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so we've talked drink. Now we're going to talk food. Mm. So you've written books as well as everything else that you're doing, uh-huh. and there's recipes in the Clanlands Almanac. So how mm-hmm. did you go about selecting them? Yeah, there are. Uh, we've done a series of books called the Clanlands. Uh, based on our journey that we went on shooting Men in Kilts in Scotland, season one, we've just done season two in New Zealand uh, this last year, which we're waiting to come out. And with each show, we've done a book. And we also did the Almanac as a sort of segue book, more of a sort of like gift item, really. But um, it's an Almanac of everything Scottish, I think, everything we love. So there's, you know, my favourite walks to favourite mountains to Graham's favourite massacres, which is a little worrying. Um, but he does love a good battle. Uh, and some great recipes as well. And I think I even mentioned some places to go out, you know, bars and restaurants that I, that I like going to. But um, as for recipes, yeah, I mean, we we kept in Tony Singh's um, amazing uh, langoustines that he did on the beach for the show with a seaweed, chili seaweed butter, which was just to die for. Really delicious. Um, we had lobster with that as well. Yeah, we even shot at, as I said, Tom Kitchen's place in Edinburgh at Kitchen, which um, was really fun experience. He's such a great host. His food is amazing. If you haven't had the scallops, have you had them? The famous scallop, it's like this uh, baked in the shell scallop. And he puts pastry around the edge of the, the shell and puts it in the oven. So when you open it, um, you have this sort of white, French white sauce with your scallops. Very, very elegant, very delicate. 
but then you can break off the pastry and dip it. I'm literally salivating. <laughs> uh, you can dip it in the sauce. It's so delicious. But we actually spent Graham's um, stag do in there recently. We went for dinner and they did a special tasting menu for us, which was utterly sensational. Nice. Mm. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you just need the sun to be out for that. It's really refreshing. Yeah, well... I'd love you to try it straight, actually, because <clears throat> that was the whole point of it as well. It's like, in a martini, it tastes fantastic. You know, it's um, just, it's so balanced. It's got these great sort of profiles of all the different botanicals. And it's, it's kind of fruity, but not in a sort of, I don't know, terrible fruit punch kind of way. It's, it's just the sort of blackberry. Oh, rhubarb. There we go. <laughs> Dear God. How could I forget rhubarb? Rhubarb is one of the main meaning in botanicals we used and because we have a lot of wild rhubarb growing around my house and what I've been doing the past few years is picking it and I'll roast it with a wee bit of um, orange or lemon zest and I've been putting it in gin making my own sort of pink rhubarb pink gin letting it infuse you should do that it's fantastic um, but I really wanted to get rhubarb in there because also it's sweet but not in a sort of overtly sweet sense um, there's a real umami about uh, rhubarb. It's got like a real you know, richness to it. I always think about like the side of my mouth when I taste our gin. There's something about here, about your taste buds over here that I think a lot of gins don't get. And I think it's the rhubarb that adds that. Nice. Rhubarb. There we go. God. <laughs> You'll never forget it now. No, you can't forget <laughs> it. So you're having your venison haggis, but mm. you were vegetarian. Yes. What, what made you go over to the other side? Was it a bacon roll? It wasn't a bacon roll. I'm not a huge fan of a bacon roll, it has to be said. However, the best um, breakfast bacon roll I've ever had uh, was we were shooting men in kilts. We finished the night before. We were staying at the Fife Arms in Braemar. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's bonkers, though. Bonkers. They have works of art there. They have great food, great rooms. It's such a nice spot. And I came out, I was a little hungover, and my driver, Davey, fantastic, had popped next door to, I think, the local butcher and bought two, um, two bacon rolls with a tatty scone, and it was honestly the best. I still think about that bacon roll today. Um, but yeah, I don't know, eating meat, I go through phases of thinking I should not, and then it feels good I do eat meat, um, in that... Uh, I don't know, I feel I have energy, it fills me up. I spent, you know, 20 years of my life not eating meat. Um, and I think you can, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into uh, vegetarianism and, and veganism, but I think just for me, I felt like always tired and I just think I've got a better balance when I eat meat. But I'm certainly very wary of where the produce comes from. I think we need to be, and I think cutting down is a good thing too. Yes. He says spooning yeah. venison haggis. <laughs> <laughs> My Peak Challenge. Yes. How did all that come about? And what is it for anyone that doesn't know? Yes, My Peak Challenge is a, a health and wellness platform that I created a, a number of years ago, and uh, I love it. We have a community uh, around the world now. We're in eight, 85 different countries. We have ambassador groups. We have about 20,000, I think, members. And while they're helping themselves, you know, create a healthy lifestyle, they're also helping others because um, we support a number of charities. We've raised, I believe, over $7 million now for charity. Uh, and each year we, we pick a new one. So your member, our peakers, as we call them, who are fantastic. They get a daily workout video, meal plans. Um, there's a forum, there's meditation, there's yoga. 
uh, everything is completely adaptable to your whatever skill set you've got whether you've ever been to a, uh, a gym before or you just at home or whatever it is yeah and it's just so rewarding so each year we we support a different charity this year we're supporting the ocean conservancy um we've supported food banking um blood cancer uk um hospice care testicular cancer everything yeah so it's um it's really rewarding and i, I love being part of it and i think it's important also to have a you know, a good balance. It's not all just gin and whiskey. Um, you know, it's good to to also, um, yeah, to, to, to look after yourself and create a healthy, healthy lifestyle, but also helping others, which I think is really important. And is that where it came from? Like your sort of want to, to keep yourself healthy and then kind of get yeah. other people involved? I, you know, came back to Scotland to work on the show and did a lot of hill walking and wanted to share my passion for that. And I found that people also working out and I think people didn't really know where to start um, so we're just providing education really for helping people you know it's not a huge overhaul of your lifestyle it's literally introducing small habits and a lot of our members you know are people that you know have either kind of not put themselves first or forgotten about you know the how important it is to, to maintain these habits so um, yeah honestly they they our peakers are just they're amazing and they inspire me a lot as well they motivate me we're in Glasgow obviously you've mentioned this is one of your favourite bars mm. do you have a favourite restaurant or cafe or somewhere in Glasgow that you love oh that's so hard because since I lived here as a student and then even in the past few years it's changed so much um, obviously you know this area Ashton Lane Byers Road is great um, and then the whole Finiston area is really uh, up and coming. Bunch of new places opening up. I know Six by Nico are opening up uh, another uh, premises on, on Byers Road. So I do like to like bounce between them all. Had a great night out last weekend. I took my team from Outlander to say thank you for the hard work. We went to Gaga, yeah. which is in Dumbarton Road, which was incredible food, really good. Um, I guess, what would you call it? Malaysian? Yeah, kind of. um, such great service, the food was delicious. And then we went to uh, the West End Tavern, which is a kind of dive bar, uh, New York style. It's really fun. And then ended up at the Doublet, which actually might be my new favorite pub. Um, it's, uh, it's a real old man's boozer, but kind of quite, quite trendy and fun. Um, but I'm really excited actually about Stravagan. Used to be there a lot, and that's opening up, I believe, next week, their new refit. So. And I think the same people own this place. Yeah, they're having a big party. Might see you there. Yeah. Dinner party guest, if you could choose a three guests, dead or alive, to invite to a dinner party, who would you be? Three guests to a dinner party? Could be anyone. I mean, I feel the pressure might be on. Uh, hopefully I'm not hosting it. So I'd like to invite a chef. Um, I mean, I, I, he does his own, and I've mentioned it before, but Tony Singh, brilliant chef, great host, great party man. Um, my good friend Graham McTavish, who I spoke about earlier, had his wedding recently, and Tony did a, a event for them. I think it was a six or seven course menu. I think they were all absolutely heaving by the end. They were just so full, yeah, but they had such a fun time with him, and he's a great host. So I think Tony would be certainly one of them. Um, other dinner party guests, I suppose someone historical with a maybe good conversation, um, maybe, well, I was actually thinking maybe Barack Obama or someone like that. Someone he, he, I know he'd be a very cool person to hang out with. Um, I feel like he might be a bit of a whiskey man, might even like a cigar. So he would be good after dinner, have a chat with him over a, a cigar. And then someone else, someone who could keep the party going. Um, to be honest, I mean, my makeup artist, Wendy. 
she's wonderful. She's uh, she's just such fun. Uh, we had, as I said, this night out recently. Um, but she's been, you know, my my rock. She's been my best friend for the shooting the whole ten years of Outlander. Um, so yeah, I, I bring her. Uh, so this is a bit of a curveball. Mm-hmm. We've had Andy Murray say, "Do it." Would you put yourself forward for first minister? And if so, what would you do? I'd vote for Andy Murray. I would. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine him? Especially when he got angry. That'd be fantastic. Um, well, I mean, you know, firstly, I, I, I'm a fan of Nicola Sturgeon. I, I, I thought she did a great job, and I think she's been a great figure for this for the country. And yeah, I, I don't know. Would I be first minister? Sure, why not? Yes, I'll put my hat in the ring. Me and Andrew Murray. And what would you do in the role? Um, well, I mean, certainly it'll be a four-day work week. Um, there would be free gin for everyone and uh, I don't know if we'd get much done no. but it would be a damn good time good there's a quick fire round which is new so just tell me the first thing that comes into your head okay uh, while I drink gin okay oh, right my signature dish is that I that I cook oh it's really bad it's an omelette isn't that boring no. sorry but I do like ketchup with my omelette and I know that might be controversial my go-to cocktail is... Oh, I already mentioned it. It's a rye, a perfect rye Manhattan or a Sassenach uh, gin straight, which, which we're about to, to sample, actually, yeah. 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 Um, a food I've always wanted to try. A food I've always wanted to try. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to go back to, to Japan. I was in Tokyo very briefly and had some incredible food, one of which wasn't so great. Uh, I thought it was dessert. <clears throat> And at the end of the meal, and very very quickly here, uh, it looked like um, uh, sort of like strawberries and ice cream. And so I tucked into it thinking, this, oh, thank God, something you know that I recognize. And it was raw fish guts and fermented tofu. Um, so essentially tofu that had gone off with raw fish guts. It, it was very challenging for me. So I wouldn't want to eat that again, but I'd love to go back and try some more. Okay. The best food I've ever had. Best food I've ever had. Oh. That's that's really tough. I guess um, I do love going, as I said before, my friend's place in New York, Chinese tuxedo, great food. Um, do you know what Gaga last week was awesome? Really good. Yeah, Julie's great. Did you meet her? Uh, briefly, when we were walking down the street, someone may have been drinking but fast. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> so we, we made a swift exit. Okay. That's always a good thing when mm. someone's on but fast. You know it's a night, yes. <laughs> Um, the worst thing I've ever tasted that's not that the fish guts. Well, probably that. <laughs> I went to, uh, in Los Angeles, one of my first times there, I was working on the show and um, we were doing a press tour and we had to sit at a table all day with journalists cycle through. We got to eat like we are doing now. Um, I opted for some tuna tatar uh, and about six, seven hours later as we we're finishing up, I realized that I got food poisoning. But I was being taken to, he was officially called the uh, Sushi Nazi. He was this very famous sushi chef in Los Angeles. And if you didn't like something or you did something wrong, he would throw you out. I got there with food poisoning, literally. Uh, and he sat there and I felt I couldn't say no. I couldn't go because it was with a, a lot of um, important people. And I was sitting there, but I was like, I can't eat. And he said, no, no one is eating tonight unless you eat. And I was so ill. And so it, I literally was sweating and I had to keep going to the bathroom to throw up, whatever. And, he was, and then I, he kept waiting for me and he'd be like, I'll wait till you come back. It was, it was horrendous, but I'm sure the food was delicious. I just 
had food poisoning. Yeah, it doesn't seem very relaxing. It was pretty... Even if you're feeling okay. It's, I'm starting to sweat thinking about it now. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. We've probably also covered this as well. Breakfast for me is... Oh, yeah. I mean, I do love eggs. Eggs are great. But I'll, I'll go back to porridge. Uh, you can't go wrong. I do love adding protein powder to it. Um, so you can kind of make it chocolatey or vanilla. And then it's got to have tons of things on it. Like frozen blueberries and peanut butter and sprinkles. Um, it's kind of like a dessert, but it's delicious. A celebratory meal consists of? A celebratory meal consists of, I mean, whatever it is, whether you're having champagne and oysters or three courses or five courses, but it's always got to end well, hasn't it? Uh, and I think a good a good whiskey by the fire has got to be a good ending. Maybe with a wee bit of chocolate of some sort. A food that makes me think of home. Um, going back to the rhubarb in the gin, uh, my mum used to make when we were in Galloway a uh, crumble, a rhubarb crumble, um, and I've been making it myself recently with some blackberries that I f- found this October uh, near my house, you know, wild ones, and uh, it always makes me think of, of home and being a child, and I guess maybe that's why we've got blackberry leaf and, and rhubarb uh, in the gin as well. Nice. Well, I think unless there's anything else. Well, the one last thing we have to do is try the oh, gin course, straight, yeah. which, which I, I mean, it's probably not how you want to end your or start your day, but I wanted to see what you thought of it. It smells good for a start. On the nose, you get... Mm. I feel like maybe because you've just said blackberry, that's what I'm getting. Blackberry and I think apple. Mm. Cheers. Or slanger, as I say. It's really smooth. See, now this is it. Not many people drink gin straight. No, but you could. Uh, you can, and you do, obviously, in a martini, but I think that's exactly it. It's really smooth. It's really mm. balanced. A lot of fruit flavour. And then, like, I guess I called it umami earlier, but, like, that mouth mouth feel deliciousness. So thank you for <laughs> drinking straight gin with me. It's all right. It's <laughs> some kind of Wednesday. I'm well, not normally it's doing this. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah. yeah. But, um, no, I appreciate it. I think uh, I'm excited for people to try it. And thank you so much for my lunch. Delicious. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you in person. Yeah, finally. Yeah. You can keep the bottle. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks to Sam Hewn for being my guest on this episode and to all the staff at Ubiquitous Chip for hosting us. Thanks to you too for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Scran is a laudable podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Ross and Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton. 